Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Science of Yes with your hostess, Pam Heath, the Yes Coach. Each week, Pam will speak about the energy of yes and how you can use it to create an extraordinary, prosperous life that you will absolutely love. Pam has spent a lifetime creating and leading transformational programs and is passionate about making abundance available for everyone through the power of yes. Callers are welcome, and we invite you to like Pam's show before leaving the program. So, open your mind and open your heart and be ready to receive what is possible for your friend, the Yes Coach. Good evening, good evening everybody and welcome to the Science of Yes. I'm your hostess, Pam Heath, and I am the Yes Coach. Every week we are here on Thursday night at 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We examine the energy of yes and how you can leverage your knowledge and belief in the power of yes to create an extraordinary, prosperous life by design. I happen to be a very profound life coach and business coach, and I specialize in helping you break down the emotional barriers that block you from what you're committed to achieving in life. So here's what you want to know. First off, I'm so excited tonight because we have a very special guest with us tonight. I'm always on the lookout for coaches who coach from a positive mindset. It isn't that there's something wrong with how coaches coach because I believe in the industry of coaching and I think that everybody needs a coach. However, I noticed that not very many coaches coach from yes. And what I mean by that is that I think life resonates on the energy of yes. The universe will grant any wish you desire. And if you resonate at that same frequency, you can have anything you want. I break it all down for you in my book that I just recently published, Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dream. But today, I am so excited to have a very special guest here. I invited her because I noticed that her coaching style is very similar to mine but I'm very impressed with her and her power and her ability to get to the nitty-gritty of what it is that you're up to in life. This is a coach who has the power to take you beyond where you think you get stopped. She is a confident and self-esteem coach, and her name is Noreen Sumter. And Noreen is my guest tonight here on The Science of Yes. So without any further ado, I'm going to ask her to say hi to you, my very, very powerful fans. You are about to meet your match with life coach <laughs> Noreen Sumter. Go ahead, Noreen. Wow, thank you very much. That was like a very extraordinary introduction. You know, I hope I live up to everything that you just said there. That was so amazing. Thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me to the show. I really, really appreciate it. I don't take these opportunities lightly because what there is is like, you know, you've, I've done a lot of work on myself. I've been coaching for a really long time. And, you know, one of the things is we ask the universe, hmm, I want to be, uh, you know, I want people to invite me to their show. I want to have people record me and things like that. And it, it's really showing up in my life. This is my fifth um, recording this month, and the month has just started. So I'm really, really appreciative of all that you just said, when you ask, the universe does supply. So thank you so, so much for having me on the show. Oh, it's so great to have you here. And I, I want to bring up the fact that you're located in the New York area, but you're available to anyone anywhere. But is there anything specific that you want to say to the fans and the people who are listening right now? I already have people calling in, so I might stop and take a question if you don't mind. But in the meantime, just tell us a little bit about what you're up to and and what you provide. Well, let me just tell you a little bit about who I am, and I, I'm sure that will, you know, go into it. So I, my name is Noreen Sumter. I'm originally from London. I'm a South London girl. I was born and raised in London and came to the United States in 1985. 
And I it took, I came to 1985 to marry a man that I had met six months prior to that. And he, at the time, he was the love of my life. And I thought mm. that he was going to be the love of my life for the rest of my life. But that was the rest of my life when it came to a halt in 12, 12 years later when I decided that I didn't want to be married anymore. And so um, on that note, I came here. I loved being here after I got divorced and everything. I decided that I would stay because there was no point in me going home. I had pretty much started my life here. And so I stayed and um, started to live. Prior to being a personal life coach, I was a real estate broker. I did that for a number of years. I was really good at it. But I did know in my soul that a coach is what I wanted to be. But at the time, I had no idea of the word coach, right? Life coach, coach, I had no idea. But I, So what I used to do is call myself the rah-rah person, right? Mm-hmm. And the rah-rah person was the cheerleader for people. I was a stand for people to live their lives and live it the way they wanted to live it. And so I would be there cheering them on, jeering them on, you know, helping them to be accountable. And so I called myself the rah-rah person. And when I was selling real estate, all I did was ask people questions. What do they love about their life? What do they care about? Are they happy in their life? And, you know, if they could do anything, what would they do? And what I learned is that years later, people would call me or people would see me in the street and they would say to me, you know, Noreen, that thing that we talked about, you know, I'm doing it. And to my surprise, you know, I remembered these conversations with these people, and I just found it very strange that I would remember specifically the person, the conversation, and we only spent a few moments together looking at an apartment. And so fast forward, after I got to the point where I didn't want to do um, real estate anymore, I uh, decided that I was going after much dilemma, and in trepidation, I, I decided to uh, choose it, choose it fully. Yes, I'm going to be a life coach. And as you know, once you declare something, all manner of opportunities present themselves. And for me, what that looked like was the, um, was the uh, um, what do you call it, the, uh, the, the manual, the school, the school performer with all the courses that are available in colleges the one from mm-hmm. NYU, the cat showed up at my front door. Now, I had never been to NYU, but what had mm-hmm. happened was the young man had lived on the other side of the building who was also in 1B, he had moved out, so they put his catalog in my letterbox. And as luck would have it, I opened up the page, and there it was, Life Coach. Called them and registered for school the very next day, and the rest is pretty much history. Wonderful. Yeah. What's so exciting is that um, when I read about the kinds of things you provide for people, what it really sounds like is that you've dealt with life full on with all the emotional baggage that most people have to carry. And you've gotten to the other side and your ability to turn around and pay it forward to others uh, translated Mm -hmm. into your career. Yep. Well, I I think that in order for me to be a coach, I always say to myself that I'm on the Petri dish, right? So I'm the bacteria on the Petri dish. If I can't deal with the things that are happening in my life, then how am I going to help you deal with the things in your life, right? Because I Mm -hmm. believe that if I don't deal with the things in my life and deal with them as effectively and as expediently as possible, I feel that I will bleed into my client's life, and I don't want to do that. I think that I should always be clear so that I can see, hear, and that I'm fully present and fully available for my clients. So it's always important that I clean up my messes and make sure that I'm present and I'm point so that I can do my job. So, yeah, I agree with you in that arena. You know, I noticed um, um, because I looked into you, um, when I invited you to be a guest on my show, that you have a very powerful article on forgiving that um, mm-hmm. appeared in Oprah uh, magazine. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit mm-hmm. about that so people can hear what it took for you to, to get to the other side of forgiveness? Well, that was an article that I did for Oprah magazine. I, it was 
um, Iyana Van Sant, at the time, she was doing a column for um, the O Magazine, and there was an article on um, Help a Reporter Out, and it resonated with me. I can't remember what the question was, but it resonated with me, which I shared my story about um, my experience with my brothers. So my mother, you know, as we get older, you know, the mother, your mother, my father died, and so my mother was the, you know, the head of the family. And so while she was alive and actively engaged, all was well in the house. When she mm. got sick, because my mother emigrated, my mother was like a, a risk taker, and she emigrated to um, Jamaica. That's where she originally was from. And uh, she got sick. And we all agreed at the time that we would leave her in Jamaica. There's enough of us that she should never be alone because we'd all, you know, with the grandchildren and the children, you know, they could be somebody there every two weeks, every month, as long as forever. I'm only three hours away in the United States, in New York. And, uh, but what happened was my brothers decided, one of my brothers decided that he's not going to do it. He's not going to leave me there. And they brought a home. They like literally, I would say at the time, kidnapped my mother from um, Jamaica in, in a special nursing home. We'd found this really great nursing home for her. And they kidnapped her and brought her back to England with the clothes on her back in the dead of winter. So I was really upset. Mm. And so, you know, fast forward, I realized, it was about a year later, I realized that, oh, my God. You know, I'm sitting at my desk and I'm working and I'm like, oh, my God, they didn't do anything wrong. Right? They did right. what they thought was wrong. I didn't like it. I wasn't in agreement, but they did absolutely what they thought was right. So immediately now I have to clean up this mess. So I call my brothers. I apologize to them, but of course they weren't having it. They were just not having it. And so it took years. First I had to forgive myself. And then I had to forgive my brothers for being the way they were being because I was the cause in the matter of them being that way, right? Because I was the one that, you know, I, I always called myself the bridge because I'm directly in the middle. There's three on, on the top, older, and there's three younger. So I'm like the bridge, right? So I'd taken that responsibility. And what I realized was I broke the bridge, right? Mm. I broke the bridge that joined us together because I got emotional, I got upset, and then I got nasty, right? Mm. And when I realized that, I had to, like, apologize. And the truth of the matter is they didn't have to accept my apology. And I'll tell you quite frankly, they still haven't accepted my apology. My mother died last year. She died in December of last year. And fortunately, the funeral that they provided for her was a really beautiful funeral. I couldn't go um, because they buried her in... Um, they buried her in um, around January time, and I had just applied for my citizenship, so I didn't have any passport. I didn't have a British passport, and I didn't have an American passport. So I had to, because I had been complete with my mother, and I'd said everything I needed to say, I, I wasn't there physically, but I saw it through Zoom. And it was a beautiful funeral, and they did really, really well. But I have to forgive my brothers, because I have to be responsible that my mouth, which I always say, it, your mouth and your words can be words that kill or they can mm. be words that empower and grow. And at the time, my words, and I knew better, but I didn't do better because I was emotionally attached. But the moment I saw that I was doing, you know, had done something that was not correct for me, who I say I am, I cleaned it up. But, you know, they stay, they are choosing to be how they're choosing to be. But they're my brothers, nonetheless. I love them. And I, but actually, one of them came forward and spoke to me a couple of weeks ago, which I was very, you know, I was shocked and surprised because I never thought I would hear from them again. But subconsciously, I know I will. And um, we made amends, and we're all good. He told me what he needed to say. And, like, honestly, we're all good. And it's easy going, you know, because when a family member dies, as in a mother who is the matriarch of a family, you can see that's when the cracks, in, if there are cracks in the, in the family, that's when they become big gaping holes. And that's when one has to really, like, really step back, listen to themselves, listen to their heart, and stand in faith that, you know, things will work it out. And I believe that this too shall pass with my brothers 
and die. That's really beautiful. You know, I, I often have people calling in that are unhappy because I advocate that in the world of yes, you want to take on forgiveness and they, they have it. There are some things that are unforgivable and the real power. I really don't think there's anything that's unforgivable. I mean, we've all seen people that have lost people through murder and, and mayhem. And they've come together with the person that killed their family member and have been mm. in a place of forgiveness. What do they say? Forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself first and foremost, and then you give it to other people. Well, like they say, to err is human, to forgive is divine. And when you yeah. generate the power of forgiveness, it's not just about the other person. It's about you and about your giving yourself the opportunity to forgive mm-hmm. is yourself the opportunity to move on because you're the one who's stuck when you're holding this grievance against another human being. It's like eating poison and expecting them to die. Yep. And forgiveness is not a one-shot deal. You know, right? Forgiveness is not a one-shot deal. Forgiveness is something that we have to do. Was it seven times seven? It's like 496 times. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine 496 times, and you wonder how is that even remotely possible? You know, I remember I've been in spaces where, like, I've forgiven the person, but every time I see the person, my stomach curdles or I feel that upset again. But that's the time when you have to forgive again and you have to forgive again and you have to forgive again. It's, you know, seven times 70. Forgiveness is something, it's a gift that I give. Because honestly, when when you don't forgive, when I don't forgive, if there's a situation I don't forgive, I I feel pain. I experience pain in my solar plex area. Mm. So I know it's my responsibility that I have to do it. Like I choose. I don't have to. I choose to do it. Yes, exactly. And choice is what it's all about. Choosing is choosing for yourself and for the other person to release them from whatever it is that you've bound to them around your upset or anger or rage even. Um, You know, I just want to stop for a second and remind people that um, callers are welcome and you can call in with any questions and you can take part in this conversation. Right now we're having a conversation with life coach Noreen Sumter who has a very powerful practice of coaching. She calls it um, to how to live life your way. And um, you can call in. The number to call in is 760-888-5700. That's 760-888-5700. And um, but inside of the conversation of, of coaching, when I coach about the power of yes and the energy of yes, Almost always I get someone who calls in and asks me about their parents and if their parents were abusive or cruel to them and how um, when I say that anything is possible, that you can have anything you want, that you can design the life of your dreams by living in the energy of yes, a lot of times people will approach me and say, but what about when your parents got you off to a wrong start? What if they abused you or, or or beat you or, or put you down and, and left you feeling that you were worthless. And I noticed that you're a self-esteem coach. Well, how do you respond to that particular conversation? Well, I do have clients that I've worked with and they've been through situations where they have been abused and they have been hurt and they have been put down and things like that. And what I believe, I truly, truly believe this, that, you know, and I'm I'm very much into metaphysical and spiritual, and I truly believe that we come in with the perfect parents for us. I believe that we've come here to this planet, to ch- and we've chosen before we actually get here the kind of things that we want to experience. And, it, you know, I think of Louise Hay, right, who was the founder of yeah. Hay House, was abused implicitly. She was sexually abused. She was neglected. She just had a horrendous life, Right. But she yes. too agreed with saying that um, you come in with the perfect parents for you because there are gifts and talents that you have that once you've healed them, you can help other people heal. So I, I really believe that we do choose, even though on the physical realm, right, it takes something to really step into the, that whole spiritual realm. 
realm because on the on the physical realm it looks like my life is I'm doomed I'm done, but on a spiritual realm when you heal that when you heal that hurt when you heal that that pain that you you're suffered and suffering continue to suffer, you realize that oh wow when you heal yourself you're now capable and you can heal others and live a life that you really want. So I I'm of the mind that. We choose the perfect parents for us. I think I chose the perfect parents for myself. You know, my parents, and at the time when I was growing up, I didn't realize it until I was a lot older, that my parents, my parents were the perfect parents for me. They came from Jamaica. My father could not read or write. Hello? Yes. Yeah. My parents couldn't read. My, my father couldn't read or write, but he provided us a really good home. I don't know if he would survive today in this society, but at the time he always held a job. He always took care of us. He provided us with our home. You know, we never went without. I always had the things that I wanted. But what one of the things is I was smarter than my parents. You know, I'm a smart, you know, English girl, you know, socialized in England. So I knew how to sort of run rings around my parents at a very young age. But I also know that they gave me a lot of leeway. And I think that I always call myself feral, right? I was a feral child, so to speak, because my parents didn't know what I was up to. They absolutely didn't. And um, and I felt like, oh, if I would have had parents like my friends who their parents made sure they go, went to church on Sunday, made sure they did certain things, uh, you know, maybe I would have been a different person. But you know what? The truth of the matter is I wouldn't be the person that I am today, right? Because my parents did not instill in me any kind of um, religion and um, any spiritual practices. Everything that I actually um, take on is because I've learned it on my I learned it on my own. I discovered my own spirituality. I remember my, my parents used to send us to church, but they sent us to church. They would, my mother would cross us across the street and we'd walk down around the corner and be at church. But they sent us to church. They didn't go because that was the only time that they could spend together. There were seven of us, right, seven kids. That was the only yes. time they spent together. But I do remember being at church and being seven and sitting on the, at the pew and hearing them talk about, you know, if we do bad things, God's going to punish us. He's going to beat us. He's going to punish us forever and ever and ever. And we're going to burn in hell. And I remember in my little seven-year-old brain thinking, well, well, if he's our father, why would he beat us like that? Why would he make us burn forever and ever and ever? And I, re- and I said, my daddy wouldn't do that. He's not going to beat me every single day. And that was when I realized at that time, I'm seven, and I'm like, I don't want to come back to church because this is not for me. And I said to my mother, I don't want to go back to church. And my mother said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to go to the park. And that's what we did on Sunday, went to the park. Mm. So I'm, I'm grateful for the parents that I have because – who I am is because I have the par- had the parents that I had. I still have them, even though they're not here anymore. Oh, this is true. And everything that happens, happens for a reason. There's a reason it happened. And sometimes we can't see the big picture because we're caught up with the drama of what's going on currently. But, you know, my thing is that I'm always clear that it gives me compassion when I go through something for the person who's going through it that I can support. Right. And, you know, you, look, life is that way. Would you want to know everything before you actually know it? I mean, wouldn't you rather life unfold? Would you like to eat every meal that you could ever eat in your entire life right now? Or would you like to know about every meal, what, every meal that you're going to eat for your entire life? Or would you like to earn every single dime right now that you're going to earn for the rest of your life? Or wouldn't you just like it to unfold? I think the unfolding, even though we don't want it, like, even though sometimes it, it's challenging. I think the unfolding is actually what makes us grow. And, you know, the thing that's really cool about growing and, and, and expanding your capacity is that the more that you grow like that and the more that you expand yourself and open yourself up to, the more you can receive. Absolutely. It's, there's no lid or limit on what you can obtain in life when you're willing to be open to what life has to offer. Absolutely. And and sometimes you don't even know what life has to offer because it's like you're, things come in so many different ways. I didn't know that I was going to come on your show, but I knew that I wanted to be on 
some shows. I wanted to be on some podcasts, but I didn't know where they were going to come from, you know? So it's it's just a matter of like being open and being, as your book says, a yes to life when the opportunity shows up. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what it's all about. It's one of the reasons why I'm always looking for positive-minded uh, individuals who are coaching from that mindset because right now there's never been a more important time for us to empower people because of the current situation with the pandemic and with people's fear. Because fear is the thing that, that I deal with the most. Right. And that too will pass. And fear is something that never, ever goes away. It just takes on different forms. Right. And exactly. you have to be willing to take the necessary steps to, to, you know, supersede and pass through that fear. Right. It's in all in the expansion. If you've experienced fear of whatever, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of, you know, injury, fear of fear, I don't know, fear of everything, right? But if you've experienced, and and the truth of the matter is in this society, in this time, we technically really don't have anything to be afraid of, right? I'm lying in my bed, even though things have happened in, in in our country, right? I'm lying in my bed and there's no wild animals going to come through the door. You know, I don't have to be worried that, you know, that anything crazy is going to happen. I'm quite comfortable here. It's not like when we were hunter-gatherers and we have to be worried about, oh, my God, there's going to be some saber-toothed tiger run through the camp and kill us all. No. You know, fear, the fear that we have today is literally made up in our minds. It's what we're saying about what we think is going to happen. And nine Absolutely. times out of ten, it never happens. The thing that we provide, you know, the coaches who come from a positive mindset is we give people an option or a possibility that doesn't leave them stuck as a victim. Don't you agree? Absolutely. No, no, we don't. We're not here to leave them stuck as a victim. We're here to help them look at where they're being a victim, right? Look at where... This and then they, they actually get to we ask questions that actually get them thinking, because I think as a coach what we do is we help people to think, right? Then we help them make a commitment, and then what we do is to help them be accountable to the step by step of what it is they want to achieve. And I always say break it into bite-sized pieces and break it into baby steps, and then take one step at a time. Win. Next step, win. And before you know it, they've, like, taken all the steps that they need to take to win, but they have to take, you know, some form of action. Absolutely. It so reminds me because I also agree that things are taken in bite-sized pieces and um, baby steps, that everything is always built. Life is a journey. So every step of the way, there are times you have to stop and take a bio break. Sometimes you have to stop and pause to smell the roses. You don't have to just keep going, 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 like nose to the grindstone around everything. Life is holographic, and there are so many different things you can juggle at the same time. You can do so much more than you know you can do as long as you're doing it inside an intention to produce a result. Then focus on the next step, the next step, the next step, until you finally have that thing you're working towards that thing you want, that you envision, that you dream of, is available to you whenever you take on the journey that life is. I say. And I, yeah, I agree with that. And I also think you have to listen to the, like, you, you have to start to trust yourself, right, and listen to those inner pops. I call them pops. When I was mm-hmm. a realtor, that's when I discovered that I had inner pops, right? And what the inner pops would be like, I'd be out with a client, and all of a sudden I'd get a pop take them to such and such as house, right? And in the beginning, when I first heard that, it was like literally, the, those pops were so loud. You know, I, in my mind, I'd be like, who's talking here, right? Is that me or am I here? You know, but what I realized is like when it's intuition, it's that thing, it's, the, it's that known unknown. And I would take people, I would follow the directions of what I was getting and take people, and like it saved me so much time. I never ran the streets with clients, 
right? Because I would listen for those pops and they would direct me as to where to go. Now, inside of conversely, when I became a real, real um, when I became a personal life coach, I would hear the same pops. I would hear questions. Questions would come into my head or form, and then I would speak it. And the person would say, how did you know? I mean, it's just like it's a symbiotic relationship. When I start coaching, I would say that we're in a bubble. I was in a bubble with this person. And when I was doing phone coaching, it didn't matter if you were in Pennsylvania, California, you know, New Orleans, England, France, wherever you were, right? When we got together on that phone, we were in that bubble, right? And in that bubble, anything was possible and anything is possible. And stuff would come, like words, questions would come into my head, descriptions would come into my head, and I would ask these questions. I would follow these questions. And literally, uh, it was amazing. I was like, who is doing this? I I was frightened somewhat. But it's kind of like you channel energy. And you share that energy back and forth. It's like a symbiotic where we're tied together, right? And then the person go away, take the action, they get the result. It was amazing. And it, is, it remains amazing 15 years today. I, I'm just so in love with what I do. And I'm so in love with my clients. It, it's just the most amazing thing for me to really have people come to me. They're not happy. They're not happy on their jobs. They're not happy with their relationships. They're not happy with their life. And that like work with them three months and it's like literally transformation. And I don't even have to ask them if they want to re-up. They re-up, right? I've, I yes. have clients. I have my first client that I ever worked with. My second client, sorry. Right? Ah. This client was a client that I had as my pro bono um, client when I was in school, right, when I was at NYU. And she begged me, when can I, when can I start paying you? And I'm like, hold your horses. I, I mean, I'm not even there yet. You know what I mean? Wherever there was. So anyway, I didn't even know what I was going to charge. I didn't, I didn't know anything, right? You know, I came from being a, a real estate broker making good money to being a, 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 a life coach making 75 bucks an hour. And I'm like, how am I going to survive, right? But I worked with that woman, and she was working in a basement with a boss that she did not like, right? She was living in an apartment that had so many holes in the floor that the guy smoked reefer downstairs, it would come up, come up into her apartment. She had mm. five cats, five cats, and they all had cat AIDS. She was spending $500 a month on medication for her cats, and she was spending each and every Saturday at her computer looking for a job, all right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so when we met, it was like she would tell me these stories, and I'd be like, would you be willing to give up, you know, sending out the resumes every, every week? And she was like, you know, at the time, she doesn't do what? And I said, we have to create, right? My favorite word is create. We have to create. So we sat down and created a job, or created what she wanted to mm-hmm. do, on her next job, who she wanted to be on her next job, right? What do you want to have? And then this job, she said, kept, keeps coming across my desk. Marine. This job keeps coming across my desk. I'm not leaving. I'm not relocating. I'm not going anywhere. I said, all right, you don't have to. But you, we could use this job as a test, you know, so that you can practice interviewing or at least see. So she said, you're right. Why not? Right? I mean, I asked her in a different way that she actually came to the, you know, the formulation of making the choice to go look. She went and looked at the job. At the time, she was underpaid. She wanted to make 80 grand. She was making 60. So I said, would you be, you know, what do you want to ask for? So she goes, I want to make 80. When she went to the interview, which was in Michigan, where she didn't want to relocate to, she came back, called me and said, you know what? I want 120. I Mm. said, and if they don't give you 100? 20, will you be okay with that? She says, no, I'll be fine. So, But she got her 120. She got her 120, and she relocated to Michigan, and we created her first ideal respectful apartment, right? And as luck would have it, I know not for the people that like pets here, but all but one of the cats died, right? And this woman was a woman that never spent more than $50. She never spent more than $50 on anything for herself because she didn't deserve. She didn't deserve, right? So, 
you know, her life changed in those capacities. And then she was dating men that were not good for her, right? But now she's mm-hmm. in a really committed relationship. You know, I went through a few boyfriends with her. She learned. She learned who she was, a people pleaser, you know, don't deserve, and all these things. Her relationship with her family wasn't good. Now her relationship with her sister is great. Her relationship with her fa- uh, uh, her father is manageable because she's no longer a victim. And um, she's in a relationship, and she's getting married. And she spends more than $50 on things that she wants for herself, and she takes care of herself. She has her hair cut and colored all the time, which is something she never did. She takes care of herself. So, you know, coaching, I believe, can really help people to create who they want to be and so that they can live life the way they want to live it. And that they can own their voices because owning our voices is really important. We don't own our voices. Come on. We don't own anything because our voice and our words is what create our world. And if we don't create our world and we don't use our words to do that, then we're stuck. And then you lose, your friends lose, the family lose, the world loses because We're here to live life, and we're here to live it abundantly and happily together. But first in your individual world and then the worlds that you expand out into. So um, I have someone who is in our chat room who wanted to ask you a Mm -hmm. question. Um, I'm going to read to you the question that she asked. She says that – She's, she thinks you're great. She thinks you're awesome. And she wants to know, she's wondering when it, if she's too old to, to pursue being a life coach. She wants to be a life coach like you. And how would she start out? She's, she's in her 50s. She wants to know, what would your coaching to her be? How could she start out to be a life coach? She wants to be a life coach? Yeah, she's inspired by you. Cynthia is her name. She's in New Jersey. Right, Cynthia. So if you want to be a life coach, I would start doing, I would start doing, like, I call it window shopping on my life, window shopping on your life, right? Go start window shopping and having a look at other coaches, having a look at the areas that you like to focus on, because you you can find a focus that something that you're interested in, where you spend your time, your money, and your energy, what conversations in the world of, you know, health and well-being um, inspire you or call you. When you're walking, when I'm walking down the street and I hear somebody says, I hate my job, that, that I'm triggered right away. Boom. It's like my ears prick up. I want to hear more, right? I might even go up to that person and say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that you hate your job. You should have a hello call with me, right? And that spawns a conversation. But I always say window shop on your life. Have a look at where you focus, where your energy is, and then go and find out some courses. Start, start taking some courses. Go and have a look at um, looking at um, a, a uh, certification. Not that certifications are, you know, then none of them are real, but it does help and it gives you some guidance. How does that okay. sound for her? She said she said that um, she thinks you're awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, when anything that I always say to my clients, what when they say, what do you want to do? I don't know. I mean, I always do these funny voices, but it's like they go, I don't know. And I say, okay, let's go out. You know, you know, we all window shop, right? We all go window shopping in um, Bloomingdale's and all those other doors, and we go, I wonder what that would feel like. I wonder what that would look like. Oh, God, that would be so nice to have that. Well, go window shop on your life and have a look. Find out, inquire, see where what resonates. Interview other coaches and find out if it's something that you would like to do. Because remember, we coach when we're coaching. We're also growing and learning as well. It's not a static industry. No, it's not. And it's growing. It's massive growing industry. And I just wanted to add, because I know this happens to me a lot, too, that when people hear me speak and they think, oh, I want to do that. I want to do what she's doing. And a lot of times they recognize that feeling that you want to make a difference with other people. You want to contribute. You want to, like, source people the way that 
we coaches do. And here's the thing you want to know. You probably do that already. And people actually look to you for source and fulfillment. The only distinction then is you now want to take it as a business and be an entrepreneur. And that's a whole different Mm -hmm. mindset than just being someone that people for advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I would say window shop on your life, right? Start to start to look and see where you can make a difference, what it's, find out about it, what it's about, because on the surface, it looks really great, but it takes, yeah, I, I think if you're really in work, because you've got to hone your skills, right? And I'm still, I'll hone my skills until the day I die. Absolutely. I'm learning every day. And the yeah. thing that I'm, I'm mostly um, proud of as a coach is that the difference that I get to make with other human beings, I get to see tangibly. Like there's nothing that's more exciting to me than when someone has an aha moment when I'm coaching them and they see something they didn't see before and they're able to conquer Absolutely. something they, they didn't feel they could conquer before and they got to the other side of Absolutely. some sadness or some you know, place where they felt frozen or powerless. And that's the best part of it. I get to make a difference, and I get to see the difference I make, which doesn't happen a whole lot. Yep. So for me, the best part is helping somebody, helping someone to discover something they didn't know they wanted, and they get it, right? It's like they didn't know that they wanted Like, you know, one of the, my clients, she's um, this big wig in a, um, a large corporation, and I met her at a conference. And she was on stage talking, and uh, 650 people in the room, and she's passing the conversation, the questions down to the other people. And so when um, I'd asked a couple of questions of her, and when she got off stage, she said to me, "Oh my God, you asked some really great questions." I said, "Thank you." She said to me, um, "I said to her, can I ask you a question?" And she said, "Sure." And I said, "What was it that had you pass up the questions and then answer it last?" She said, I had this thing that I have to be nice. I have to be hospitable and I have to be nice. I said, how yes. are you going for She said, not. <laughs> so she said, to me, literally, she hired me on the spot. Yeah, she hired me on the spot. And, you know, you discover, yeah. oh, everything, everything looks um, rosy right in her life because she was. There's a lot of people where it looks really rosy, have the great job, they have the great salaries, you know, they're running all over the world their jobs and things like that. But personally, that's why I'm a personal life coach, because I hit every area, right? Things right. are not working. Things are working in her love life, in her relationships. Things weren't working with a coworker on the job. Things weren't working with her, with her, um, her mother. Things weren't working with her health. There was a lot of things going on with her. And uh, now when I speak to her, she has a perfect boyfriend, She's been dating them for two years. They're just moving in together. Her health is good because when we're, when we're not living according to or we're not living our life the way we ought to live our life because we design that, you know, we suffer pain and we, suffer, we can suffer illness because trauma lays in certain parts of our bodies, right? And her trauma lived in her back. So when she wasn't being straight with herself, she experienced excruciating lower back pain. And uh, which affected her hips. And uh, now she's like, her pain level, she was able to go to Japan and back without any pain, whereas she'd be laid up for days if she did that prior to. She's uh, moving in with the boyfriend. Her relationship with her mother's great. She's no longer the little girl to her mother, you know, a woman that's nearly 40, right? She's no longer a little girl to her mother. She's an equal because that's some, one of the things that, you know, if you have issues with your parents, it's like, you got to grow yourself up. you got to be an equal to your parents. You're no longer this little girl or little person. you got to grow yourself. So now she's an equal to her mother. They have real human, equal com- friends conversation. It's beautiful, you know. And she's no longer at that company. She's at a different company, and that was a want that she didn't know she needed. Mm. And the beauty of it all is, like, helping people to realize that you have all the tools. You you don't yeah. you, you have all the tools. You have the circle. She wanted to be an angel investor. She's an angel investor for she wanted to be an angel investor in, in um in five years. She was an angel investor the first year we started working together and she's still an angel and we've been working together now close to five years. She was an angel that's, investor that's the first year. Oh my goodness. No. And she, I 
mean, there's some amazing um, bought bought a investment property, like all kinds of stuff. It's just really great. And then she referred me to her brother, and her brother wanted to open his law firm, which we've been talking about for a hundred years. Her brother now has his own law firm. I spoke to him the other day. He's doing really well. They just had another baby, and life is good. You know, I mean. But I would say my client of the year, who I'm really, really excited about, is a gentleman who had a heart transplant seven years ago. And he, when I first started, he was a referral. When I started speaking to him, and he was like, I wake up every morning, I'm mad. And, I, and I, then I, a couple hours later, I'm like, well, at least I'm alive. Right. And I'm like, and how's that, what's that about? He goes, I don't know. But he was miserable and he was unhappy and things weren't working for him and he felt like a loser and he just felt weak and he just, you know, all of these things that he's dealing with. And, and, and he had gone to see a psychiatrist, but he said the psychiatrist, it just wasn't working. But on one call with me, he said, I feel like, Noreen, you just broke open a little hole and there's some light coming in. Today, this, I've only been working with this man six months. Six months. His, his, the, when I first started working with him, he had to go back to the hospital because his, the valves in his heart were, was getting blocked. They were blocking. Now, when he went and got his checkup just recently, his heart is clear. He's exercising. He's, um, I, I mean, you know, he's creating a job. He's just got a mortgage. I mean, just life is just working. And it's, oh, my God, it's so exciting. It's so freaking exciting. Yes, it is. It's just like I said, I when you it. get to, to make a difference and you get to see the difference that you make, it's it's part of why we do what we do. And having said that, I do imagine? have a caller who wants to ask you a question. May I put her on? No, sure. Just of course, a moment. Of Hi. Good evening. So my name is Rocio. You're on How live you? with Pam Houston, yes, Coach and Noreen Sumter. Who's this? Hi, this is Rocio. I wanted to ask a question to Lori. Sure. So basically my question, hi, Laurie, thank you so much for your, everything that you're talking about is just wonderful. And I wanted to thank know, you, so you know, when was, the, when, was, when was the moment that you knew no matter what, this was your calling, like you were up to making a difference and that commitment was so much bigger than, than, than you know, anything else. That's my first part of the question. And the second part to it is like, how do you keep that commitment alive? when life gets in the way, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know, when it's harder. When did I know that? Well, I've always been the the girl in the playground or in, uh, in the school that was helping people solve their problems or helping them deal with their issues with their parents. So I always knew that this was something, I like to hold court as they so called it back then. So it was something that I knew that I wanted to do. Like I said, I didn't know what it was called, so I just called myself the rah-rah person. And I'm inquisitive. I like to ask questions. I, I always like to ask questions. You know, my mother would and my father would always be like, why are you, because my parents were saying, why are you so nosy? You're so nosy. You know, that's what they used to call me, right? But I, I, I like to call it curious. I'm very curious. And um, so it's something I've always wanted to do. When I worked in corporate, I was the woman that walked around the office. How are you today? And what's going on in your life? Yeah. People would share. Right? <laughs> People would share what was going on. And, you know, I knew everything that was going on. And it was just wonderful, you know. And um, what, what happens when life gets in the way? Life is life. Shit happens. You know, but what there is, the difference is I get things sorted. I take actions on my life right away. I cry my tears. I do what I have to do, and I keep moving, right? right. I keep moving. I, 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 mm. Yeah, I'm human like everybody else. I cry. I get upset. But I also have a commitment, which is my, wor- my mouth, the words that come out of my wor- mouth create my world. So what I, what mm. I put out there is what I'm going to get back. So if I put out nasty, I'm going to get back nasty. Right. Right? But if I put out good, if I feel my feelings, put out, put out say I'm, I'm upset, I'm disappointed, rather than before I used to just bite your freaking head off and kill you dead, <laughs> but in the midst of it not realize I was killing myself, um, I just really get on with life. I love my life. I'm happy, you know, and it's really important for me to maintain that. <laughs> 
So I hope that answers your question, and thank you so much. Yes, for it did, actually. And what was really inspiring that I really loved that, that you mentioned was that you're committed that your words create your world, and that's something that is right. very powerful. So I really, really uh, bow to that, and thank you for your contribution. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Okay, that was awesome. And we have one more caller here that wanted to ask you a question. Just a moment. Hi, this is uh, Pam Heath, a Yes Coach. You're on live with Noreen Sumter. Who's this? Hello? Anybody there? <laughs> it's Pamela. Oh, How are you? Very well, thanks. How are you? Doing great here with Noreen. She is she is just so fabulous. I'm having the time of my life. You wanted to ask her a question? Yeah, sure. I um I am getting ready to become an empty nester. I've been raising kids for the last thirty odd years and my last two are taken off and flying. And I just wanted to get a sense of what you think um someone like me could do to have a next party chapter. <laughs> it's party time. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're free as a bird. You're an empty nester, but you are free as a bird to do all the things that you've been putting off for all that time. I mean, you spent time, energy, money, everything, love, everything that you've given everything that you could possibly give and it's, it, it doesn't stop but it's time for you to take on your life and do the things that you want to do so I call it party time you get to discover you get to be a big piece of white paper and you get to scribble all the things try like try on things like an appetizer if you like it great you don't like it spit it out and go live your life. I appreciate How does that. that? Sound? Yeah, that is wonderful. Thank you so much. Give yourself permission to to play. Give yourself permission to play and try things on. Like I said, an appetizer. You taste it. You don't like it. Throw it out. Go and do something else. But don't stop until you find that thing that makes your heart sing. I hope that answers your question. It does. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thank you. All right. So, um, again, we still have a couple of minutes if you want to call in. The call-in number is 760-888-5700. I couldn't help, um, uh, I couldn't help but laugh out loud when she said it's party time because um, – I have the I had uh, the experience of the emptiness syndrome years ago, and um, that's how it felt to me. It felt like at last, I, at free at last, free at last. I I related to it like now I can go out and kick the kick my heels up, and and that's when I um, started working for myself because right. I no longer had to take care of children. Right. Yeah, it was. It it's was great. Exciting. Awesome. So can I just share, I have a workshop that is starting on Saturday. It's called Workshop Workshop. And the reason why I call it Workshop Workshop, because it needs no title. I think that most people come into workshops and they work on a lot of different things, but and they work on things that, they, that are important to them. So Workshop Workshop is a four-week plus a bonus, which is five-week um, call-in Zoom call, where I help people to unmask themselves and recreate themselves in a way that they want to um, create or have the things that they want to have. And that starts on Saturday. And I'll be doing that monthly um, for the rest of the year. Um, So if anybody's interested in participating in that, they can, you know, reach me on my website, which is Noreen at NoreenSumterCoach.com. 
and or they can call me on my number, which is 917-945-5907, and they can talk to me about it and see if it's something that they'd be interested in doing. It's very inexpensive, and the reason why I do it so inexpensively, because it's COVID. I started it, you know, during COVID, and, um, you know, I was mindful that a lot of people did not have a lot of money, so um, that's something, that's my way of giving giving back and uh, taking care of myself and people. So if that's something that anybody would like to find out more about it, I'd, I'd be, you know, interested and I'd welcome the... I have people in the chat room who are asking um, for the details of the course, how much it costs, how to register. Oh, the course is um, two ninety seven. Um, and it's on Eventbrite. You can go into Eventbrite, and it's workshop, workshop. Or you can just email me, and I and we can talk about it. Okay, give your email out and and do it slow and do it twice so that people can make sure they my, get it right. My email, my email address is my name Noreen N O R E E N at Noreen Sumter S U M E T E R Coach dot com. Or my telephone number, 917-945-5907. And I'll do my name again, Noreen, N-O-R-E-E-N, at NoreenSumterCoach.com. Okay. Spell Sumter, please. I'm getting feedback from you writing what you're saying. Okay. S as in sausage, M, U as in U as in umbrella, M as in mother, P as in Perry, T as in Terry, E-R. Egg Roger. And your phone number one more time, please. 917-945-5907. There you go, everybody. That is Maureen Sumter. Saturday morning, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. But if I got if I got people from um, California time, I would do it California time. Most of my listeners are on the East Coast, but I do have two people here who are on the West Coast. We can we can work it out. I've never understood why I have such a listening on the East Coast. People staying up late to listen to Pammy Joe, I guess. Well, that's a good thing. I wouldn't I wouldn't question it even more. I would just say thank you and welcome. Yep, <laughs> they are welcome. All right, so just to finish up, we are talking with the fabulous Maureen Sumter, life coach, um, who coaches from a very powerful, positive mindset. Her program, Live Life Your Way. She is a confidence and self-esteem coach based in New York City, and she's having a workshop this weekend. If you want more information, I will put in the notes of my uh, show tonight on on our um, Facebook group, her email address, and her website where you can sign up for the course if you're interested. Um, this is Noreen Sumter, and this is the Science yeah. of Yes. We've got like two minutes left for the show, so uh, is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners? You, you, you've I, I been a big hit tonight. I also offer people a hello call, a 15-minute hello call, I usually go deep in that 15 minute in that if I know if somebody is really interested in coaching within 15 minutes and if they're not, it's like goodbye. And if they are, I can go deeper because I'm all about people getting value from start to finish, whether they decide to work with me or not, but they walk away, you know, knowing that they've spoken to me and they've experienced something that can literally transform their lives. And I like to say I give you nothing because you have everything. What I help you do is help you see how fantastic you really are because we all are fantastic. Yes, it's true. It's true. We all are fantastic and we have everything we need to get where we want to get and do what we want to do. All you do is help us to see it and bring it forward to the front burner, like I say. That's right. I, we help you fill in the gap because we must be born, we must die, and what we do in the middle is entirely up to us. And so, you know, that's our job to create that that gap. So I just want to thank you so much for having me on the show. 
I really, really appreciate it. And for the listeners that called in and asked questions and even the ones that just listened and maybe got some questions triggered, I just want to thank you all for being there. I really appreciate this. Thank you. I really yeah, appreciate the listening. It was a great show, and you were a great guest. And I say good night and wish you all the best. Take care and be well. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. Is the Science of Yes with Yes Coach Pam Heath with her guest Noreen Sumter. Take care, everyone. But good night.